0: All right. So, Rabbi Sai, how much chach Pastel passes the Sukkah? Come on, Stan. Depends who you're talking to. Depends where you are, right? Are you a Nardot type of guy or a Surah type of guy? Okay. Yud Chesem and Aleph. Okay, Amar um, About, uh, I don't know, eight, nine, ten, down, down, Last line is Aver. Two words before that is Amar. Amar Aver. So we, we hammered out the sugya of schach uh, pasal in terms of the different shitas. We didn't come out with a clear proof, but we hold the local and the that schach um, pasal is pasal in the middle of the fourth vachim. so we hold. And schach pasal on the side is up the four amas because you have the Akuma. Uh, but we said that everyone agreed that Aver is possible with three Tzvachim. That was something that was universal, that everyone agreed to. And then now we're going to just talk about Aver a little bit, we're going to talk about Lovud a little bit, and you know, see where these things apply. So it says the Gemara, Amar Aver if you have a three tefach gap in a large sukkah, and you want to make that three tefach gap smaller to make it that uh, you are able to apply Lovud, if you make it smaller, whether you're using reeds, which are kosher strach, whether you use metal spits, at end of the day, it's good to be a proper rebuk, you've minimized that gap, Everything's okay, and you have neither three tzwachim of air, nor four tzwachim of puzzle, and you have a kosher sukkah. However, it says the Gemara, if it's a very small sukkah, if you make it smaller with kosher strach, it's okay, but if you make it smaller with metal spits, it's not going to be okay. Because at the end of the day, it's very nice that you made the gap smaller, but you don't have the minimum shear of a kosher sukkah, and it's not, it's not going to be enough. Now And this is the key. We got it yesterday, got sticky, but let's, let's get this straight. This whole discussion that we have about three tzvachim of air um, and the whole idea that love, it works, so that's all Minat Everyone agrees that we'll say Lavud on the side, which basically means if you have the wall of the sukkah go up, it doesn't meet perfectly with the schach. there's a gap between them in terms of uh, horizontally, there's a gap between the two of them, and you want to have the schach touch the wall. If they're within three tzvachim of the wall of the schach, then we're going to say Lavud, there's Lavud minat tzad. But there's going to be discussion, do we even say be ba'emsa, which again, we take for granted that Lavud always works, but it's actually in machlekas if we say be emsa or not. So it says, that's all if the gap is on the side where the wall attempts to meet the shach. But if it is in the middle, it's actually between and Ravina, if we say Lavut or not. one of them says, yesh be emsa. we do in fact say love when it's in the middle. The Amar, ain't and the other one says back, we do not say love when it's in the middle. So now, what is the source and the rationale of each one of them? Again, we had a hard time finding svaras per se, but we have to look for precedent. You know, these concepts are Allahumma Shemesina, these concepts are messayra. They're not purely logical, so just look throughout shas. And try to find Mishnahis that seem to prove one way or the other. Do we say love of or Do not say love of So my time at the Manda Yes Yesh Lava So What's the reason for the opinion that says that we do say love even when it's in the middle? Tanya it says in a Braissa. It's a Braissa that we've quoted before in Hilchas Erevin. that we know when you have a Mavui, you have to have a beam that goes across, or one of the options to make it that you're able to carry in the Mavui by having a beam that goes across the entryway into the Mavui. It's called the Kaira. And the Khara has to reach from one side to the other side. It has to go all the way across. Wasallach, it does not go all the way across, so we have two cases here, and the second one is going to be directly relevant to our discussion. You have a kaira that goes out from one wall. It does not reach all the way to the other wall. Or let's say you have two separate kairas. One of them comes out of the right side. And the other one comes from the left side. They don't reach all the way to each other. So there's a gap a little bit in the kaira, the car doesn't reach all the way across. So what's the in that particular case? So it says the Gemara, it's very simple. Now the price it says, If the gap, either from the one beam to the wall or from the two beams to each other, does less than three tzvachim, then you don't have to bring another kair, because it's fine, we have lavad and everything's okay. However, shlachcha, but once it's three tzvachim, we no longer have lavad, you do have to bring another one. So either way, what we see very clearly though, is that we say lavad even be'enza because it wasn't just the case where there's the one beam that doesn't reach all the way to the wall, that would be Lovud Min Atzad, but even the case where there's two separate beams and there's a gap in the middle, we were willing to say that Lovud would save the day, everything's totally fine, so he says, so if it applies by Hilchas Erevin, we'll apply by Hilchas Sukkah as well, that there could be a gap in the middle, and we'll say Lovud emsa. The idach, the other opinion that holds that we do not say Lovud emsa. what does he do with this b'reisa? Huh? Shiny Kairos Der, der are different Meaning, a sukkah is a din and therefore we have to be machmer and not allow a love of emsa. But the concept of a kaira of a m'avui is all a durabana in the first place, and therefore the chazal allowed love of where it would not have been allowed on a deraisa level. Okay? That's how he gets out of it, and he says, therefore you have no proof. Now, what's the source of the opinion that says we do not love of ba'amsa? My taima demanda amar ain't love of So, what's the reason for the opinion that says that we do not say love when it's in the middle? It says in a Mishnah hilchos the of the following. Now, again, I'm going to remind you, we're about to say uh, uh, two separate scenarios in this Mishnah, but our gemara does not bring enough information for us to know the difference between two scenarios. And there's other information in that lets us know the difference in scenarios, so don't get confused that we're going to seemingly repeat the same exact thing twice, but regardless, we do come out with the fact that we're not going to say, love it over there, that's all that really matters. So, okay, here we go. We have a case. It's a one-story house. There is a little skylight in the house that has no window covering whatsoever, and there's tuma in the house. And the question we're going to have is, is that does the Tumma in the house affect everything else in the house or not, okay? So, again, for those sitting in this room, just imagine literally taking... This, oh, well, there's this top floor. But imagine this is a one-story room and take out one of these squares. That's Mama's word is, take out one of the squares and make it go straight to the sky. It's wide open to the sky. So now what's the halacha if there's tumma not under this open area, and then what's the do with all the other things in the house? And what's the halacha if the tumma is directly under that square? Does it affect the rest of the things in the house? Because we know the tumma, the way it generally works, similar to smoke, but obviously not exactly. It's a, a spiritual concept, not a physical concept, is that first the smoke was literally a direct line up. It does not go to the side at all. If it's blocked, then it hits the ceiling and then it spreads. But if it's not blocked by anything, it'll just shoot straight through that opening and not go anywhere else whatsoever. So that's something that we have to, uh, something we have to keep in mind. So says the Gemara, this is the source of the pin that says that we do not see love of Be'emsa, because it says in the Mishnah, Masechus Oolos. Aruba You have a skylight in the house. Uba tefach. And there is an opening that's one tefach wide. This aruba is one tefach. So we're going to contrast the one that's not a tefach. But our again, our is only going to say things that sound exactly the same. And don't worry about it. Uba tefach tumah If there's tumah in other places of the house, meaning it's not directly under the aruba, kuloi tame. Then everything in the house is going to be tame. But mashka aruba tar. But everything that's opposite the aruba is going to be tar. So therefore, if, uh, again, for those in this room, if this chair over here is the tumma, then everything else is going to be tume. But the thing that happens to be directly underneath where that skylight is, is not sharing a roof, is not sharing an Ohel with the tumma, and everything is going to be okay. Okay? Then that would be a problem. It has to be mommaged underneath At that point, they're sharing it all. It's such a, a one top by one top area. such a small item that's underneath it. And I'm saying, you look right. at the pictures, even. It's, it's yeah. hard to imagine getting, a, getting something that actually fits under that. It hardly de- totally fits underneath it, right? I, I, definitely, I definitely hear that. Um, Robinson, yes. I, but that's the skylight. Who says the skylight is stuck in the middle? If the skylight is on the side, so then. Um, I, hear, I, hear what you're, I hear what you're saying, but I, I, think, I think it's a fair assumption to say that, it's, that, that a skylight is, is built in the middle, not, you know, little, little, you know even, if it's, even if it's towards the side, even if it's towards the side, I'm just moving to now, but even if it's towards the side, yeah, it's, if it's not common where the wall meets the middle, then it's not going to be. So no one really builds a skylight like that. We're literally at the juncture point between, you know, am I wrong? I, I, think, this is just, I think it's a fair assumption. You could say it, but, you know, I think it's a fair assumption. But if you did do it, then it would still be bad, so it would still knock off the whole thing. So, so not really a proof. I understand you're saying normally you wouldn't, but if you did, what would you do? I mean, at least we don't, we, don't, we, don't have a, we don't have a Mishnah, so maybe you would say it. I don't know. You know, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so, um fine, so here we go. So it says Michigan Aruba should abide, see if you have a, light, a skylight in the house. Ubapa said, tough wide. Tumma Bibaiz of the house, Kulo, the entire house is going to be Tame. However, Masha Kinegata Aruba tar, but what's opposite the Aruba is gonna stay tar. Tumma Kinegat Aruba, let's say the Tumma is actually directly underneath where that skylight is. Kol Kulo everything else in the house is tar, because again, they don't share a roof together with that item that's underneath the opening. However, now this is the second case, and again, I'm saying it over and over again, we're now going to say where it's not a tefak, and the luck is gonna be exactly the same what we just read. If there was not a bayis kineged aruba, tar. If there is a tuma in the house, then what is opposite, to the aruba is still going to be tar. aruba. If the tuma is opposite the aruba, tar, still everything in the house is going to be tar because it goes straight through the ceiling, and it will not affect everything else in the house. So again, that's tells us and Tara. The distinctions over there, seem seems to be there's no distinction whatsoever between a tefach and half a tefach. Ayim is all those for the differences between when it's a tefach and not a tefach. But what we see ourselves, and it's all that really matters to us, is that we have a scenario where there's a hole in the ceiling, and the hole in the ceiling is far less than three tefach, and it could be even one tefach, or even less than a tefach, and we're not going to love it to say that it blocks the toma. So if you have, again, the item that's directly under the opening, we're going to say it shoots straight through and goes to the sky, doesn't affect anything else. What do you mean? Let's say love it to block it and once it blocks it, then everything else in the house becomes Tameh. Or let's say if there's Tama elsewhere and there's something underneath the Aruba, let the, aruba become, the item under the Aruba become Tameh also, because they share a roof, because the Lovud blocks the ceiling, and therefore it's all considered to be one big roof. So clearly, we do not say Lovud but Emsa. Loved is not necessarily, because I've always pictured it as something that runs the length, the full length of the That's not what it is, That's what it doesn't have to be. Now, is that you're filling in a love with it? It's something that goes like north to south, and you're going, you're filling that in. Right. In love with Here, the way the picture shows, it's literally you got an entire roof, and like right in the middle, you got a one inch, one one hammock or one hammer right. thing. Still, you still can do love it. I'm, I'm saying. You think you would be able to do? No, well, I don't know. I'm saying it's, it's comparable. In other words, I've always thought that love with it is just filling in an entire. Yeah, I mean but it's a culture game if it's not a, a, a lot so Yeah, all the more stuff. So, but so. it's just a yeah, small there's little there's area. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so now how does the opinion that says that we do say love of Be'emza deal with Mishnah so Masaksa Olos that seems to indicate we do not say Love of Be'emza. How do we deal with that? So it says the gemara the first one is V'idach, about the third of the way up. Shiny Very simple answer is that Hilchustumar is different because that's our Messira. Gemir is that term Saira on it. Which means is that you know we've kind of come to learn that Hilchas um Erev and Hilchas Sukkah have a tremendous amount of overlap with each other, and the Lacham Hashem the two of them are very similar to each other because Tuman and Tara are fundamentally a totally different thing whatsoever. Altogether, I mean, they have different dinim. And yes, even though when it comes to Erevin, when it comes to Sukkah, we're going to say they have the same halachas when it comes to Doif Akuma, when it comes to love, when it comes to the asik, and all these interesting ideas that can make a Sukkah kosher, that can make an of kosher. When it comes to Tuman and Tara, if it's sealed, then it blocks the Tuma. If it's not sealed, it does not block the tuman It has its own set of rules, and therefore you can't learn from it. And that's why they're entitled to still say there is... Love um, of because that raya over there by does not apply to us whatsoever. Okay. So again, the Eidach, the other opinion that says there is love of the Emsa, shiny, Hilchus Tumah, Hilchus Tumah are different. That is what our Masorah is. Okay. From okay. We in, in, in the second paragraph, wasn't that the case where we were learning this whole thing of Lavud as well? From, from Tumah and Etara? Yeah, the, the, the case with the, with the, the, the two-story house and, and those types of cases? Yeah. Yeah, we were, we were doing that. Um, trying to think if I can answer your question. Trying to think. Of Maybe again. it disagree the over there. I don't know. No, it's a fair question. It's a fair question. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I think I'd have I'd have to, I'd have to look back at that quickly and just um see what the distinction is. Why over here we're saying we can't learn anything, but over the entire over there we do. So I'll take I'll take a peek, later and see if we can figure it out. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So says the Gemara weiter. Darsh, Rabbi Yehuda Bar Eloi. Rabbi Yehuda Bar Eloi Darshans. You have a house that caved in the roof, right? That was our Mishnah. And you put schach on top of that hole in the roof. It's going to be kosher. lufana, Rabbi Shemal Rabbi Yossi said in front of him, Parish, please explain more the details of your psak which means sometimes you could have a Rebbe or a Rav say a very general statement as Allah. but you know there's more details to it. You know that there's distinctions between scenario A and scenario B, etc. So over here he made a very general statement. Hole in the roof, fill it with schach, it's kosher. So he said to him, parish, please be mefarish, please explain more about what you just said to us. That's the question that he had, parish. So again, let's read that inside. Says the Gemara... The following Darsh Rabbi Yehuda Bar Eliyai, Rabbi Yehuda Bar Eliyai and Nifras, a house that has a hole cave in it. The Al and you put It's going to be Kosher. Amar Lefana Rabbi Shmuel Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Shmuel said to Rabbi Yehuda Bar Rabbi Parish. So he says, "Kach Pirish Aba." This is how my father actually was mefarish the, the details of the case of where the house cape that you put there, yes, there is more details. It's not always kosher if the distance from the wall to where the hole is is less than four amos is going to be kosher. If the distance from where the wall is to where the hole is is more than four amos, it's not going to be kosher. We're going to have a couple other similar cases but the point being is it's just that's, that's what happens sometimes. You know, the lacha doesn't always apply. There are exceptions to the well, rule. There are more details to it. And so I asked him, you know, please be mefarish what's going on over here because there are more details. So now we're going to actually go to some cases that are not at all shy, the hilchah sukkah whatsoever, but cases where a psaq was rendered, the details were not given, and it was asked to give more details, and the details actually added more color to the particular psaq at hand. So, says the Gemara more I don't know. I don't know. I just, I don't know if it's it's, it's his saying, other, or it was just he was the Rebbe that was teaching over. I don't know if this is pre-writing down of the Mishnah. I'm saying the point being is he was teaching it over, and the Tamidim said, is that is that like a you know a halacha psuka that that's the full detail, or is there more to it? than he, it doesn't say that it was his teaching. He was he was darshan, He was speaking about it and he was teaching it, and they wanted to have more details about it. You know that's that's all it was. You know, if I, if I give a shir and halakha and someone says, you know, you give me more details about this. I didn't make up the halacha based on a shulchan aruch and a gemara. It's not my halacha, but I didn't say enough detail and people want to know more details, so I'll give them more detail. Okay, so says the gemara another similar type of conversation. Dar esh, rabi, loy. Avruma, sharia. Avruma is kosher. What is avruma? If you look at the second wide line, it has right in the middle line the word avruma, bahem. vruma is a very small type of fish. And if there are shratzim, which is other type of non-kosher insects and creepy crawlies that are inside of them, then you wouldn't be able to tell that they're there. This is a little bit reminiscent. I, remember, I don't know if you remember the salmon controversy that happened a few years ago. You remember that at all? Salmon controversy? No. Um, oh, gosh, for me, time is uh, too fast. It's probably a good decade ago already. Uh, there's a big, ma- major controversy when it came to salmon that uh, people literally, not to gross you out, were having salmon on their cutting boards in their kitchen and worms were crawling out of them. And this is kosher salmon. And um, the discussion was is, like, how, how does a salmon have a hatcher, or how does it not have a hatcher? And uh, this big, big discussion in the office of worms that you know, depends how they develop. If, If there's a fish that swallows a worm and then the worm comes crawling out of its skin, well, that's a not-kosher worm. If there's an egg that actually was inside the worm, it was not visible whatsoever, and the worm was born within the fish and starts crawling out of the skin, it's actually kosher. For example, it's not a well-known halacha, but let's say um, uh, if if an egg was inside an apple and then it hatched and the worm was born within the apple, that's a kosher worm. <laughs> it's, a, it's a long discussion. I'm not getting into luck with the worms right now. But if it, comes from, if it was already a worm and it came inside, it was a problem. So they gave a massive debate. No one was debating if the worms were there. The worms were there. The question was, whether the worms kosher, or the worms not kosher? But one of the major uh, arguments for those that were saying that the worms uh, were problematic is that it was only being found in, nat- in wild salmon, but not in farm rain salmon, which seemed to indicate that like if you keep worms away, then... It's okay and keep worms out of You know, if you die but get the worms away, that's not going to be okay. So again, it was a big discussion, whatever it was. But it's going to be a very similar discussion we have over here. Is that this is the type of fish that if there are worms in it, it's hard to really know if the worms are there, and that could be a problem halophically. So the question that you're allowed to eat avrumas, which is a certain type of small fish, if there's a concern, there might be some worms inside. So Rabbi Rabbi Loay made a very blanket statement: Avrumas, they're kosher. They're sharia. Sharia means they're permitted. But his Talmud asked him to be mefarish, give me more details, because that's not always true. It can't always be that they're kosher. So let's read this inside. So says the Gemara Darish, first line is Darash. Rabbi Yehuda bar Avruma Sharia, Amar Lefan Reb Shonu Rabbi, Parish, please be mefarish more details to this Halakha of Avruma. So he said back, Kach amar Abba. Shall asura? Shall muteris? Oh, it's not always okay. If it comes from this river, it's going to be usser. If it comes from this river, it's going to be kosher. It depends on the river that it comes from. And now the Gemara going to go on to explain why does it make a difference what the river comes from. And it's going to revolve around the data I was talking to you before. Is, that is the river a shrutzy river that has a lot of worms and other types of insects that are not kosher? Or is it a river that doesn't have these things? Ki-ha, what are we doing time-wise? Oh, boy. Okay, guys, we'll have to stop here. Um... Okay. I guess we I guess we're at stop here, but at least we know where we're going over here, is that uh, this is a, a complete side check from where we started. We started with a statement by Rudd Veloy when it comes to of sukkah his tummy mass is mefarishhmore, he's mefarish more. So we once we got into this topic of giving vague suckim, and the talmidim asking for more of a parish, we're going to sidetrack to other similar cases where that happened, even though it's not directly relevant to Hezbollah The discussion at hand here is which type of fish is going to be kosher. He said a blanket statement is always allowed. They ask for more of a parish. And he said, oh, well, it really depends on where it comes from, and we're going to develop that idea more tomorrow, Bez HaShem, of what are the parameters of when it's going to be a kosher fish and when it's not going to be a kosher fish. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Rabbi Robinson.